Hey folks, it's G. Will Banks, um, member here at the church. Uh, most of you may know me. Uh, other than that, I'm nobody special. Just somebody who took a call to come tell you about Christ. Um, I'm going to give you all a little time to uh, go ahead and get your Bibles. Go ahead and get your notes, uh, note-taking stuff, pen, paper, whatnot. Um, I'm going to give you a lot of information. Um, I'm going to give you a lot of... Uh, we're probably going to read a lot of Scripture. But I'm liable to throw out quotes from uh, actors or singers or random people or TV shows. I said, there's really just no no telling what's about to happen, uh, to be honest. Um, I, I tend to quote folks. That's my thing. Um, I'm wanting to make sure that I can give you all an understanding. This is going to sound, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's going to sound like three different messages. Uh, but I believe they all tie together. This is what I've been led to, to tell you about. And um, what we're going to do, just bear with me. Uh, we're going to have to pray, number one, that for wisdom. Uh, we're going to pray that y'all hear God through me, that y'all ain't listening to me. We're going to have to pray that just we don't lean on our own understanding. Uh, that's that's the best thing I can tell you. So uh, while I'm on telling you these things, just let's just go ahead and pray. Uh, I hope you got everything ready. Um, if I stare at the camera like this and I blink after I asked you a question, I got that from Door of the Explorer. Uh, so uh, first off, let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Lord, we thank you for everything you've done in our lives we thank you for um i thank you lord for the opportunity to come and and to talk about scripture and to talk about uh talk about you lord uh, hopefully to offer guidance and comfort in the, these troubling times that we're facing right now lord uh, mainly i pray that no matter how this comes out that i know you can take the pieces and put it together and make it what you want it to be and make it effective uh, we know your word don't come back void lord we pray for uh, understanding we pray for wisdom i pray for everyone just to hear you through me lord uh, not to be listening to me um, in jesus name i pray amen um mainly want you to get your bibles because um, and and the the note taking stuff probably even more important to me right now than than your Bible because if you can write down the scriptures I'm going to give you uh, we uh, like I said it's going to be a lot and you can go back and look at them later uh, one thing I really don't want to do is lead you astray so that way you can double check me and you can come back up to me after this is done and be like hey man you you said this wrong you quoted this wrong. And I'm going to try to read it directly out of here. So I shouldn't, but, uh, you know, and like I said, we just prayed for it. We, we're sure God can use it. And I'm I'm wanting to make sure that y'all follow along with me because the last thing I want to do is lead y'all astray. Uh, trying to think of a... I mean, the, the thing is right now, we're just living in some scary times, right? Um, if you read your Bible, 
you know these times are coming, right? Um, a man named Jack Cornfield, uh, he wrote a book called uh, Buddha's Little Instruction Book. And I know we don't normally throw Buddha out there on this thing, but a quote he has in that is, the trouble is you think you have time. And honestly, we, we don't. I mean, that, that's a good quote to have. I mean, it's just, you think you have time, and that's the trouble. Uh, right now, I, I believe firmly that we are living uh, close to the end. Um, I'm not telling you that Christ is coming today. I'm not telling you He's coming next week. I'm not telling you He's coming, you know, two years from now. I, nobody knows. Nobody knows the hour. The Bible tells us that plainly. But I do believe He's coming soon. Uh, one thing about it is even if He comes for just one person today, if somebody dies today, He came for them. And then the judgment. That's what the Bible teaches us, right? So we don't have time. Uh, we have to be urgent. And and I need y'all to understand too. I don't. I don't have this. I ain't got this down pat. So anything I'm telling y'all, I'm telling me too, because uh, you know I know the Bible talks about telling uh, the sluggard to look at the ant and and how he works. Uh, I'm as sluggard as anybody. Um, I'm going to be honest. Um, I know I stay busy, but as far as doing the work that we need to for God, I'm I'm as uh, I'm probably about as sluggard as you're going to get. Um, and I'm trying to correct that. I really am. So just don't think I'm here, you know, pointing fingers. I most definitely ain't because um, I'll have four pointing right back at me. Um, the When I say the end is near, right, we're, we're going to look at Scripture on that. And Matthew 24, uh, 3, and nine. Let me flip to it. I thought I had it sitting out here. It talks about the signs of the end of age. And, uh, you know, one more thing. Y'all are probably going to hear some of the same scriptures you've heard from the other videos. And, and I'm not trying to be redundant. Um, I, I'm not trying to uh, give you what's um, uh, called ABC Gospel. I'm going to credit Carrie Joe with that one. I heard her say that one time. Uh, maybe we can look at things in different ways and uh, be able to get this uh, get this figured out. Okay, just some just some different perspectives on some things that you may have heard before. I don't know, um, but bear with me, please. It says as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, "Tell us when will these things be, and what will the signs of your coming?" and of the end of the age, <clears throat> what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Like I said, this is Matthew 24, 3, and uh, we're going to go through 9. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you are not alarmed. All right, there's a, there's a key right there. All right, let's 
I'm not trying to alarm people. I ain't trying to strike fear in your heart, y'all. I'm just trying to tell you there is there is a sense of urgency, okay? And I'm I want to get to that here here in a little bit. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Um, something we're looking at, right? I mean, he's showing us signs. All I'm trying to do is tell you, look for the signs, and I think a lot of them are there. Uh, one thing is for certain, um, we're a lot closer to his coming back than we were when we woke up this morning. Uh, we're a lot closer than what we were when the start of this video. Um, I do believe, like I said, I do believe with all my heart that he is coming, uh, coming soon. And I think that once it starts spiraling out of control, uh, it, it's just we, we're not going to be able to stop it. God tells us we can't stop it. He's already set this in motion. Okay. Um, in 2 Timothy 3 and 7, 3, <clears throat> 1 and 7, excuse me. He says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to the parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, appeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burn with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. All right. Um, I mean, that, that's just kind of telling you the same thing. It's, it's giving you the warning signs. Um. If you just look around, you see these things going. And, and I know that a lot of these scriptures, like I said, you've probably heard them before. You've probably heard them a hundred times. Um, I know a lot of them you'll see just scrolling through your Facebook. Um, you really will. But I want to tell you, uh, there's a reason we got this way. And that's the way we've got to correct. All right? That's, that's just it. And um, if you look over into Proverbs 1 and 22... Through 33, he talks about how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you because I have called you and you refuse to listen. I have stretched out my hand and no one is hated because you have ignored my counsel and would love none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. 
Then you will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Would have none of my counsel and despised all of my reproof. There they shall eat the fruit of their way, and they have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by the turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without the dread of disaster. That last little line in there, and that's the reason I ran the whole scripture, that last little line, but whosoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. That's telling you we have hope, folks. Not all is lost. Um, it is a lost and dying world out there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but that's the reason it is. If you if you just read all of that, and I know as somebody that goes to church, I'm as guilty as, as anybody of some of these things right here about wondering how I wound up in a spot after I know I didn't listen. And, and God will recall us. He'll recall that, just like He did with, the, with Peter. Whenever He asked Peter, you know, you'll deny me. And Peter said, I'm not. Well, then He caused him to do it three times. And then whenever He talked to Peter on the, on the seashore later, He asked Peter three times if He loved him. I look at that as... You know, God's bringing that to mind. And there's a reason he asked him three times. is to let it sink in so that Peter before had his convincing that Jesus was the Christ. But then he got convicted there on the seashore. Right? And that's where we've got to be with it. Um, we can't be as, as what they call the stiff-necked people. Okay, I know in, in Acts and in Exodus they talk about stiff-necked people. Um, and, and when we're referencing things like that, and, and I tell y'all that, that I'm one of these people, uh, the, the truth of the matter is, and, and the, the funny side of that is, uh, when I was 20 years old, I, I was in a car wreck. I was T-boned by a drunk driver. I broke my neck in two places. So physically, I am a stiff-necked person. Uh, as bad as much of one as you're going to get. And um, I had a preacher at the time uh, from my youth who would pick on me about that. And that's the only reason I can remember that is, is the way I do. Uh, and he'd be like, well, gee, you know what? Them stiff-necked people, you know, the Bible warns us about those things. And uh, I, I thought, I just took it, took it uh, all in stride because I knew he suffered from the same problems because about 12 years prior to me doing it, um, he got hit by a train and it broke his neck. <coughs> and uh, and so we had a we had a running joke about having that in common, um, but um, not to lighten that that term up. I mean, it's it's still a derogatory term. Uh, question is, you know. Uh, I say we have hope, and what what can we do about it, right? Number one, I don't want you to be fearful for for that last one. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and be at ease without the dread of disaster. Um, we also in Second Timothy, again, <clears throat> verses one and seven, he says, "I've not given you a spirit of fear." Right? So, 
For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And we need to really focus on that in these times. I mean, these are these are some strange and scary times. We've got out of our... We're... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we're looking at, even right now, me sitting in this church, it's not bustling with the people that it was. And we're doing these videos. The whole point of us doing these videos is because we've, we've kind of been run out of our holes. Uh, uh, we're, we're kind of not in our comfort zones. Um, when, I, when I talk about comfort zones, I know I've told my men's group about this. You know, my, my comfort zone is my recliner or my bed. And I can't think of a whole lot that I ever accomplish by staying in my recliner or my bed. Uh, and I believe that that God don't want us comfortable. Um, and, and I see that with Paul. Paul spread the gospel and, and wrote most of the New Testament, and he was never comfortable in any of it from what I've read. Uh, I mean, probably some of his most comfortable times was being fed in a prison. Uh, that's, that's a hard place to put. And while I personally, I don't like change, I'd, I would rather just things just not change half the time. I'm, I'm I'm not one of those people, but in a way, uh, as much as the stuff that's going on right now scares me, I'm still thankful. Um, I'm thankful for it, and that's only comes from the peace of God. Uh, the reason I'm thankful for it is because it is actually driving the Christians to either shut up or put up. Uh, in America, I, I hate to say it, but we're spoiled. And we have this whole issue of we can go to church and put God in a box, and He was never meant to be put in a box. Uh, he was meant to be. He's never meant to be put in these walls where we just stay in here in our air conditioning and stay in here in our in our heat in the winter and just just hang out and just converse with each other. Where we converse with each other to build each other up. So when we go out in the world, we can spread it out there. And um, I believe that we're suffering now what some other countries in this world that have Christians in them are, have been suffering for a while. And I think that we're only just here seeing the birthing pains, right? So when I say we have hope, if you turn to Romans... And I thought I had these marks better. So I apologize. If you turn to Romans, we have um, chapter 8, 18 and 39. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly 
for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For he who hopes what he sees, <clears throat> for he who hopes for what he sees, excuse me, I've misplaced it word two, three times. For who hopes for what he sees? What if we hope for what we do not see? We wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our own weakness, for we do not know what to pray, for we ought, but in the Spirit Himself intercedes with us for groaning too deep for words. And he who searches his heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for these, for those who love God, all things work together for the good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be confronted to the image of His Son, conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom He predestined, He also called, and those whom He called, He also justified, and those whom He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? And who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, He was raised. Who at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for all of us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger of the sword? And it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long, and we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are much more than conquerors for him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I know that's a long scripture, but I, I didn't feel right to just read the first part of it where it says that I'm glad these things are happening. You know, I revel in my infirmity. You know, he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing for the glory that is to be revealed to us. I didn't want to just skip everything in between and then go to the end and tell you that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Those are the two biggest points I wanted to make, but for some reason I just felt led just to read that whole thing. Um, I suggest you go back and read it. I mean, just read it again. I know most everybody, at least everybody in this church, I know has heard it a million times, but it's, I mean, it's really, really good, especially whenever you know that we need the hope that we need right now. The <clears throat> You know, uh, the, the thing is, is that what can we do about it? Uh, the things going on, and this is going to be another one that I know y'all have all heard. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I'm kind of going a little bit everywhere. It's kind of random, but I feel like it's all tied together. Well, we're going to go to Second Chronicles seven thirteen and fourteen. 
we're going to say, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locust to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name, this is where I wanted to get with this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. When he says, my people who are called by my names, he's not talking to your atheist college professor. Um, he's not talking to uh, what seems to be most of the politicians up on Capitol Hill. Okay, he's he's not talking to um, your boss at work that that just comes in and and just talks about whatever and and talks about all the wild stuff he's done all the weekend. He's talking about Christians. He's talking to the church right here. He says, "My people, who are called by my name." And whenever you become a Christian, you know that that you're taking on His name. Uh, that's who He's wanting to who He's wanting to see get down on their knees and pray and quit looking like everybody else. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to credit Nick King here because he pointed it out that if you if you take on the name of Christ and then keep going on living like you're doing in the world, you're just, uh, you're just taking the Lord's name in vain just like if you were saying it with a cuss word and, and giving God a last name that He don't have. Um it's 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 the same thing, and what we can do about it is we can pray, um, we can humble ourselves, and and I think God has given us an opportunity to do that here. I think, I mean, if if you want to go so far as get into sackcloth and ashes, I'm not judging. Uh, I'm not, and I know the Bible talks about that uh, a lot. Um, right now, uh, there seems to be supplies at grocery stores that are shortened. Um, some people may not be eating as well. Uh, by all means, go out and give and everything else. And I'm not making light of that, but if you're rationing food anyway, it may be a good time to uh, to fast, to work on your fasting muscles. Um, it's it's never not a bad time, or never a bad time, I would say, uh, to do those things. Um, I'm just, I'm telling you that, and I know you're probably wondering how I've jumped around so much, but but what I'm wanting to what I'm wanting to let you know is, the end's going to keep coming. We can't stop that, but what we can do possibly uh, is prolong it <clears throat> or postpone it a little while, you know. And and I believe God, if He hears our favorite prayers, that He will do that. Uh, there's references in uh, places like Isaiah 38:8 where he turned back a sundial. Uh, he backed up a you know part of a day uh, just because of of a favorite prayer. And uh, I believe that if he wants to heal our land and and you know give us some guidance, one we can't be stiff-necked and not listen and turned away from him. We got to turn to him. And two, we got to get down and pray as Christians, as the church. Um, 
Like I said, this ain't about waiting for somebody else to do it for you and being a sluggard. This ain't about, um, you know, well, this this is just so-and-so's fault. It's it's our fault. I, I, I showed you that. The Bible showed us that. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like we've got to this just complacent comfort zone point. Um, <clears throat> now, in doing all this and all the things that's going on, uh, I want to reference one that's already been done. I, I know Sean, he did one on the boat. Uh, <clears throat> the boat ride there. <clears throat> and uh should be right here. It talks about in Matthew 8, 23 and 26. It says, When we got into the boat, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? Um, one of the things I kind of want to focus on that is in doing all of this, the waves came in the boat. These people got wet. Okay? Jesus was there. They didn't sink. They didn't die. But I'm just telling you that they got wet. The waves came in. It says it swamped in by the waves. Right? Um, I, I got the pleasure of seeing uh, um, Angus uh, Buchanan. Uh, if you've never seen a, a movie about him, it's called Faith Like Potatoes. Uh, really um, I'm going to tell you it's a slow movie but it's a really great movie um, but he um, his thing was is if you're going to be a farmer you got to smell like sheep you know it means you're going to get dirty and, and that's something I wanted you to focus on here but I also want to focus on this one thing where he says he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. I noticed the first thing that Jesus rebuked and calmed down was the winds. Okay? All the talk going around, all the things coming through the airwaves, and and we can talk about that um, <clears throat> even in the uh, even in Ephesians. It talks about the, the principles um the powers and rulers of the air. I'm right on that. And, uh, and like I said, I'm just going back and, and telling you a lot because I don't want to be wrong on this. So I want to I be able to read it. But uh, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And the reason being is because we don't fight against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against authorities and against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Okay? So there's powers that be that we're not fighting against. Okay? We're not fighting against 
this guy over here, that guy over there. Right now, we're fighting a virus. I mean, that seems to be the thing. And we're fighting the ideas of panic. And we're fighting ideals that are coming down from the powers uh, up in Washington and, and around the world. Um, and a virus is a little bit thing. And it's, it's, it's microscopic, right? Um, what can we do? What can we do to fight that? Well, we got to use something small too. We got to use a, a mustard seed. Uh, we got to use faith. Um, we got to use something that can't be seen. That's faith, right? We got to pray. That's how we're going to fight it. That's how we're going to win it. Um, that's how we're going to make it through it. Um, you know that. So when I when I say things like the the waves came in the boat, when I say that God calmed the winds first. Um, well, I mean, there, there's a reason. I mean, there's a lot of talk going around. You need to steal all that in your mind, okay? Uh, you need to cut off the news if you got to. Uh, I, I prefer to. <laughs> uh, you need to realize that most of what's coming through your TV is there to keep you entertained and in a state of fear. Um, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Uh, keep you distracted from getting in your Word and, and, and seeking out the Word of God. Um, but for the first time in history, I guess being stuck on the couch and in your recliner is not comfortable for people. I mean, you're actually being told to do that now and everybody's running around like crazy um, because that's not where they want to be. Uh, and like I said, God didn't call us to be comfortable. Uh, he refers to us as sheep being led to slaughter. You know, um, if you've ever dealt with livestock, you know whenever you round them up in a pen, they know something's going on. They're, they're not at rest. They're not easy. Um, I feel, uh, I'd quote someone else, uh, and probably one of my favorite quotes uh, actually comes from John Wayne. It says, all battles are fought by scared men who'd rather be somewhere else. Okay? Um, as a combat vet, there's nothing any more true that I can think of to be said. You would always rather be somewhere else. If you're in battle, you'd always rather be somewhere else. Um, and we're at battle. Uh, we're at war. Uh, we're at war spiritually, by the way. Um, and I get it that you want to remain in your comfort zone. I get it that you... you want to be scared. Um, I, I get it because we're scared. It's a scary time right now. And I mean, the Bible is full of references of people that um, <clears throat> that were scared. Uh, if you look at um, Peter when he denied Christ, if you look at Gideon uh, when he was hiding in his basement, okay? If you look at um, even... Uh, Jonas, who tried to run from God, or Moses, who ran from Egypt for a while. Uh, I mean, God gets it. Uh, he's done factored that in. Believe me. Um, which that's why he says in, in the Psalms, he says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It ain't talking about the one you're carrying. It's talking about God's rod. His rod and staff should comfort you. That's why you should fear no evil. Okay? Uh I believe if we get down and we pray, 
just like it says in Chronicles. You know, my people, called by my name. I believe that we can change a lot of what's going on. And if we don't, it's going to keep happening. But not only does it keep happening, it just spirals down faster. Okay? Not only does it spiral down faster, and even if, it, even if the world ends tomorrow, the biggest thing we've got to be doing is praying and seeking God so that we know when we get to where we're going, we know that we can be in peace. We know that um, God's in charge of this ship, right? And in doing all of those things, um, over in, I know I referenced Psalms, but <clears throat> let me dig back through. In doing all those things, uh, to wrap this up, and I know I've took a lot of your time, Psalms 4 and 8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Um, that is uh, about as honest as you can get. That peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, the world is looking to us right now. They're wanting to see how we're handling this. I think they're looking for answers right now. I think we can give them to them because we got them. Um, I think that they're going to want to know why we're at peace. And this right here sums it up. Um, another another great, great no, <clears throat> excuse me, I got tongue-tied again. Another great quote, uh, one that I've, I've referenced a time or two, uh, not in this, this, but uh, is Stonewall Jackson. Um, he talks about he knows the time of his death. And he talks about how he is at peace with it. God's appointed that time so he don't concern himself with it. And that's why he feels as comfortable in battle as he does in his own bed. And I think that's applicable here. Um, uh, if you want to look that up, I mean, just you look up Stonewall Jackson. He was he's a brilliant man and a God-fearing man. Um, one more thing I, I want to I want to talk about is I, I know I talked about the church just feeling empty right now because it's not got the kids running around and the and the music playing and things, but. Uh, uh, and, and once again, I'm, I'm going to reference Sean uh, McKittrick's video on this. Uh, he talked about when we get together again, it's going to be an awesome celebration uh, because right now we're apart and absence makes the heart grow fonder. And when we get back together, it's going to be one more of a celebration. We're going to be so happy to get back in here in the house of God and worship Him corporately um, and, you know, not forsaken fellowship, not forsaken, you know, the, the congregation. And he said that, and the immediate thing I thought of was the symbolism behind it. Think about how much greater celebration it's going to be when we get to heaven, when we've been away for so long and we've suffered through all of these other things, that's going to be a celebration. 
And for us to make it that celebration, we're going to have to seek God and uh, make it through this. Um, I hope and pray y'all got something out of this. Um, I really do. I hope y'all can make heads and tails of it. I'm not telling y'all I can. <laughs> uh, but I, I know that, that this is what God gave me all week. Um, and I, I pray that you... I pray that y'all pray uh, for understanding. Um, let us uh, let's pray again in closing, if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Uh, I thank you once again. Um, it's it's an honor to have this opportunity. Um, I pray, dear Lord, that that the folks uh, listening and watching, that they heard you, Lord, that, the, that they didn't hear me, that they didn't pay attention to me, that they didn't, uh, uh, that, that the only thing they heard was the message you wanted them to hear. Um, Lord, I, I pray that to get through this, Lord, that I know something we used to say in the military is, is, is let no soldier's ghost cry that it, had I only been trained. And Lord, this this Bible is is what we use to train. You, you say you train us to bow, uh, bend a bow of bronze. Um, you train our arms for war. Uh, Lord, I I pray, dear God, that we're taking this time that you have shut out so many distractions, and that you have calmed the winds and the waves, and that you are just that so many people are are doing what they should be doing and, and as they're trapped in what they thought used to be their comfort zone, that they're seeking you for real comfort and real peace. God, I ask you forgive us where we fail you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.